Hi everyone! Welcome to the first episode of Scouters 101. I'm your host, Lester Lowe. I'll be chatting about various topics on the scouting program delivered right to your device in digestible bits. So definitely stick around if you love scouting but feel like you're in a rut with program planning. Let's start with a little bit about myself since it's our first meeting. I joined a Sea Scout group called the Sea Dragon Sea Scouts in Scouts Canada when I was 10 and have never left the scouting movement since. Through Cups, Scouts, and Ventures, I earned a top award in each section. But eventually, I wanted to do things a little differently than what the Sea Scout group was accustomed to. So I established my own Scouts group in 2008. Now I'm back in the role as Group Commissioner of the 28th Richmond Scouts group in Greater Vancouver after helping the Cup and Scout sections for a few years. And that's a little snippet of my scouting career. I'm sure we'll revisit and expand on parts of it in the future. Let's move on to this episode's content for now. We'll be talking about the one biggest problem all scout groups claim to have. Ask any scouter what they need for their scout groups, and your most typical answer will be more scouters. I'll share some of my thoughts on that today and play a part of an interview with one of my Cup Scouters to explore why he left and returned to scouts. Let's dive into today's chat. As I mentioned earlier, If you were to ask any scout volunteer, what can I do to help your scouts group? The most common answer you'll get is, give us more scouters. Now, let me quickly explain what a scouter is to our non scouting listeners. A scouter is what we call the adult volunteers who actively work hands on with the youth in the program. In Canada, we make a conscious effort to stay away from calling these volunteers leaders because we want the youth to know and think that they can be leaders themselves. And so moving forward in my podcast, I'll continue to refer to adult volunteers as scouters. Anyway, when I was younger, I learned about the two hump camel model, which is a graph that shows the age demographic of Scouts Canada members. So the first hump happens in the ages 8 to 10, which means we have the most members when they are kids. The membership numbers start to drop in the teens, and it's at the lowest point in the young adults. And then it rises again, which creates the second hump. Of adult volunteers in their late 40s and early 50s. And the guess is that for the members at this age, the kids are now living away from home, living their own lives, and they have a lot more time now to do something that they love to do. I've also heard about all these scout groups, which have a large waiting list of kids waiting to join the program, but they cannot take them because there's no more volunteers. Now, let me backtrack and explain again. In Scouts Canada, we have a 1 to 8 ratio, which means One scouter to every eight kids in the program, with a minimum of at least two scouters. This is to ensure the youth's safety at all times. But this also means that if a scout group, let's say the scout group only has a cup pack and there's two volunteers, they can only take 16 kids. So when the 17th kid signs up for this group, they unfortunately cannot join until there is a third volunteer. So what ends up happening a lot. Is that the parent of this kid on the waiting list will be approached and the group will tell them, hey, we can only take your kid in our program if you volunteer and help out. And to make sure that their kid gets to enjoy the benefits of the scouting program, these parents will usually decide to join too, whether willingly or reluctantly. And so that brings us full circle back to the same question. When a support scouter, which is somebody not from your own group, whether they are from the area or council, for example, 
They ask you how they can help. You always answer them, we need more scouters. We need more volunteers. We need more help. Now, honestly speaking, I do think this is a bit of a cop-out answer because for most people, they don't have the time to explain their own weaknesses or their group's weaknesses or pinpoint exactly how a stranger can help them overcome these weaknesses. That being said though, receiving more volunteers is definitely the easiest way to help any group. Because even if ratio is satisfied in a group, with more bodies, that means the workload can be spread amongst more people and everybody is less stressed. Now over the years, there has been a lot of material that has been put out, whether it's workshops, trainings, seminars, you name it, that talks about how we can recruit, engage, or retain our volunteers. A lot of the topics covered include recognition of their services, giving them proper orientation for when they first join the movement, or giving them proper training to make sure they feel adequate for their role. But I think it boils down to one simple concept. We need to think of the scouters as a program section in itself. Now we have beavers who are aged 5 to 7, we have cubs who are aged 8 to 10, scouts who are 11 to 13, ventures who are 14 to 17. These are the official program ages of scouts. Now we also have rovers who are aged 18 to 26 and it overlaps with being a scouter, but that's a whole different topic in itself and I think we can explore that in another episode. Adult scouters are 18 plus, but we never think of them as a section. For us who are section scouters, Think about all the hours that we put in to plan the program for the youth. For those two hours in the meeting hall, how much time do we spend thinking of the perfect game, the perfect activity to make sure that they stay engaged, that they are having fun, that they are learning something at the same time? And do we spend the same amount of energy and time on our scouters? Of course, the onus falls on some of the higher management in each scout group. So the section scouters, for example, or the group commissioner. But for anybody who is invested and wants to grow scouting, wants to make sure that there are more kids who can benefit from scouting, I think this is something that they can think about. Now, I also know that this seems very intangible. And to be honest, this topic is much too large to cover in this pilot 10-minute episode on my podcast. I'm sure we'll revisit this again and again and again in the future. But for now, I just want to leave you with that mindset that we should be spending time thinking about the development of our scouters and not just so that they can help the younger kids, but for themselves. What can we do to help these scouters grow? What can we do to make sure that they're having fun? What can we do to make sure that they enjoy scouting? And for me, that's not recognition. That's not training. Fun is fun. We need to make sure that our scouters are enjoying themselves and how we do it, we can explore in future episodes. For the rest of this episode, I've interviewed one of my own scouters. Unlike me, this scouter joined as a kid, left the movement, came back as an adult volunteer, left the movement again, and then came back again. So I wanted to explore what went on and why he decided to leave and join in each of those phases of his life. Have a listen to this. So today we have Scouter Wei Rong Lin with us. He is a high school friend of mine that I roped into scouting when we started 28th Richmond Scouts Group. He's worked mainly with the cup section, which is youth aged 8 to 10. He was a Kayla for a few years, which means that he was the main contact adult volunteer for our team of volunteers. And he left the program for a little bit and came back and is now currently working with the cup section again. Thanks for doing this. So, no problem. Glad to be here, Lester. Yeah. So, Weiron, what made you want to be a Scouts volunteer? Well, I spent quite a few years in the Scout program myself as a kid. 
I was in Beavers for a couple of years at a group that no longer exists here in Hamilton. And then I was in a cub pack as well. Deals around number five in Canby or so. And then I left for a long time. I ended up you know, going down to the dark side and joining cadets for, for many years during high school. But when you asked me, I think we were in university at the time, right, to come help out, I suddenly felt that, you know, I do believe youth leadership is a very, very important thing that we don't get in any level of school. Uh, you know, there's very limited opportunities for, for children to learn the things that we do learn in a program like this. And now the cadet program is very structured, it's very military. There's not as much room for leaders to express, but with the scout program, the success really depends on what we can do. And I felt like I had something to offer. So here I am. What is your currently favorite part of being a scouter? What is my favorite part? What's always been my favorite part has been, you know, seeing uh, the scouts grow and seeing very visible growth, especially in what I mentioned about leadership, confidence, and, you know, the, the sort of intangible soft skills that you try to work on that is the ultimate goal of all this outdoor and skills-based stuff that we do. And when you really see a kid demonstrate that leadership, something you couldn't have imagined they could have, uh, would have done two years ago, three years ago, that's very gratifying. Why did you choose to leave the scouting movement at one point? <laughs> well, it was a, I think I was young. We were in a very sort of transitional time in my life. I was actually planning at the time to run away and never come back. My plan was to go abroad and teach English. And at the time I was, yeah, everything seemed so uncertain. I was like, it was just to leave. I think when I did come back though, it, it took me a while. Like I ended up only being away for three months, away for the summer. But when I did come back, it took a couple of years too to, to find myself, find some grounding. And I mean, when I did find that, I did come back, right, Lester? Yeah, that's my next question. Why did you come back? <laughs> so one of my coworkers actually used to, at the time that I did come back, one of my coworkers, she was with 28, Sophie, and we had kept on getting mail. At that point, she wasn't a coworker anymore, but we still kept on getting mail from her. I'm like, Sophie, let's just come pick up your mail. And then she did, and we started talking about 28, and I'm fairly certain I showed up at the next Sunday. You know, this is like the scout program was something that I have always enjoyed and been, you know, wanted to give my time to. And I just sort of, at that point, I realized, yeah, I'm in a position where I can come out and help out again. I hope you're enjoying my interview with Scouter Weirong. And that's all for the part where we explore his reasons for volunteering with scouts. I'd like to remind you that Weirong is a sample size of only one out of many. His drive for scouting can be used as a case study, but shouldn't be the only basis for forming our strategies on how we recruit and retain our volunteers in our scout groups. We go on to talk a little bit about how our Cup team is handling the current pause in physical scouting activities during the COVID-19 pandemic. Online scouting and other replacement for physical scouting activities will be the topic we'll be exploring next episode. We will also play the rest of the interview then. That wraps up this episode of Scouters 101. I hope you found something useful to take back to your own groups. Let me know how it goes, or give me a holler if there's any topic in particular you want me to explore. Drop me a line at lester.lo at 28scouts.org. 
I hope you'll tune in to the next episode at scouters101.com. See you next time, and good scouting!